Hey folks, and welcome to the audio version of the 100% Wild podcast. And today, it's just me and Matt Drury, and we are tackling a listener-submitted question about how things like hunting pressure and the weather and other factors might or might not influence deer movements. So stick around, enjoy, and if you're out hunting this weekend, good luck. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon with Wired to Hunt, and with me in his pickup truck is Matt Drury. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good. I like it. We've got kind of the mobile setup today. Um, this is <laughs> like uh, this is like the run and gun podcasting episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just jumped out of a tree stand actually. Uh, you know, it's today as of the day we're filming, it's the 31st, it's Halloween. And, um, I can't go tonight cause I got, you know, I got a three year old and a one year old at home. So I definitely wanted to get out there because the pressure is through the roof today. I mean, it's like uh 30.25 here and it's a, it's a nice Northwest wind, 30 degrees. I mean, sunshine and it was a beautiful morning, but the deer didn't uh, didn't get the memo. I uh, saw maybe I don't know seven eight does and and a little year and a half buck. So just not what we were hoping for. And such a good morning, and we stuck it out pretty long. I mean, I we were in there till ten thirty. So um, you know, just sometimes they don't move like you you would hope hope they would. But yeah, that's why you got to keep going. That's true. So so we've had some pretty good weather over the last week across a lot of the Midwest. Um, have you been able to hunt any more of this cold front that we've been having? Yeah, I've been picking and choosing uh, my battles here because we've had so much, you know, family Halloween stuff going on. Um, it's one of those deals where I, I just, with my family, I want to make sure and, and be there for all the, the big events, right? So um, I only got to hunt on I hunted Wednesday and I hunted Saturday, um, but I missed Friday and I missed Sunday, and those were two really good days. I know a lot of guys killed some really good good deer those days. Um, were you out in Ohio during that period? Yeah, you know, I, I hunted. I've hunted every day since last week, Wednesday. Um, the first three or four days of that were in Michigan, and then the last three days were in Ohio. So Ohio, I, I was there Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And that was probably the best activity I saw this whole time period. Um, uh, Saturday, I saw three different bucks cruising, all like decent bucks, like three or older. And then uh, yesterday morning, so Monday morning, I uh, passed on a nice um, three or four-year-old nine-pointer, um, maybe like maybe 130 class, um, pretty cool-looking deer. So, um, so starting to see those bucks moving around. I didn't see any chasing. Um, but definitely those bucks are starting to cruise late in the morning or earlier in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, it's happening. It's, it's ramping up. It's just a matter of time before it breaks loose. I thought it would be breaking loose really great. You know, last week during that cold front, it just didn't happen where I was at, but, um, you know, there could be a number of, of kind of factors that, uh, cause that, like I was telling you a couple minutes ago before we started recording, I had a little bit of bad luck, um, the first night of the cold front, I went into a stand, and when I got in there, the winds were way worse than I realized and swirling and gusting really bad. So after sitting up there for like 10, 20 minutes, I was like, screw this. This is bad. This is not a safe hunt. So I bailed out and, and you know completely gave up on that hunt because I didn't want to um, educate any deer. The next day, I had one 
blind that I thought I could get into and hunt with the with the wind I had that day. So I snuck into that blind. I get into it, close the door, and I hear the sound. And I look up above me, and I'm, the blind is infested with bees. So I bail out of there. Um, the next night, I go hunt another good stand for Holyfield. I get in there. Deer are moving like crazy, like an hour and a half, two hours before daylight. There's 15 does out feeding in front of me. I'm feeling really good. Like, this is the night he could show. Um, and then the neighbor shows up with his chainsaw and starts revving that up and clears the whole area. Um, so <sighs> it's just been like one thing after another like that. So I'm hoping I gave Michigan a break, gave it like a three, four-day break. I'm back now hoping uh, that my luck will change. So we'll see. Yeah. So you've you've still gotten good pictures of Holyfield on your cameras though, right? You know, not not since I started hunting. So the 24th, oh. that, that day I went in with a bad wind, or I realized it was bad wind after I got there. That was the 24th. That's the last trail camera picture I have of him on my cell cam. Now, I haven't checked the other cameras that are just running all the time, so I don't know what's going on in those. But um, I don't know. No daylight sightings, no trail camera pictures. It's It's been a little bit grim. So we've got cold weather, though, this week again, too, so I'm hoping things will change. Um, tonight looks pretty good. It's like in the thirties, highs in the thirties tonight. So I'm going to sneak into one of my better stands and give it a go and, uh, just cross all my fingers and toes. This might be your last year to do that on Halloween, buddy. So (laughs) a long time. That's true. I hope you kill something. That's true. I didn't think about that. The, uh, the little one could change things in the future. Somehow, somehow I need to convince him that trick or treating is no fun. That sitting in a tree stands way better. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck convincing your wife of that. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's probably going to be the harder, the harder trick. Yeah. So, um, I guess. Last week I was out Wednesday and had an encounter with a a nice four and a half year old, just like you, you know, like you, uh, maybe mid one twenties, not just not what I'm after in a year. And then Saturday I actually, um, you know, with a pre-rut, we kind of start calling a little bit and I actually grunted, uh, and called a deer up out of the timber that is new to the farm. He's a, he's a four and a half year old, good body, big body deer, but he, he had 13 points actually just it wouldn't wow. score I mean he maybe be in the mid20s as well just not just not what we're looking for but it was encouraging to me to see that reaction and to see to your point that I think they're starting to kind of get in that mood and my reconics cameras is you know for on my place I'm starting to see more and more daylight activity although it's still kind of fringe daylight um, they're starting to show themselves a little bit more and on this farm, historically, once that starts happening, that means we're getting ready to, you know, I have about a 10-day window where I, I can really kill something, just about any any shooter on the farm, that 10-day window, I can usually get on them. I just got to be here. Um, so I think we're getting close to that period, but uh, we got a little bit of a warm front here. I think, honestly, in my opinion, I kind of missed some of the really good days, and I think I missed what may have been some of the good walking activity. And I feel like they might actually, you know, the old older deer might actually start, you know, getting with the first available doe. And, um, I, I I feel like my next window might be next week, but I'm still going to go obviously like dad and Mark say, it's hard to miss this period. You just got to be out here. You got to go. But with the way everything's kind of trending and we're going into that full moon on the fourth, I think, you know, it's going to get, it's going to get crazy nuts. You know, the, the fifth, sixth through the 10th, 
um, which in Missouri, that's right before gun season. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Anything can happen at that time of year. Just got to be out there. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And it's funny you mentioned back to your encounter where you grunted in that buck. Um, the buck that I passed on yesterday, I grunted him in two. So they're definitely you know becoming more interested in that kind of thing. And that's something, and I think most people know this, but we're definitely in that time period when those types of calling techniques can, can work about as well as they will all year. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even pull the call out until about right now. Yeah. So, uh, so since I'm going to head out soon here and hunt tonight, and since you've got big trick or treating plans, um, should <laughs> we, should we get to our question of the day today? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, my name is Roger Mulrooney. I'm from Manahawkin, New Jersey. And my question is how much of an impact does heavy hunting pressure have on deer movement? Even when other factors like weather, the rut and the moon phase are favorable for deer to move. I really enjoy the podcast and I've learned a lot. Thank you. All right. That's a great question. I think, um, do you want to take a first stab at it, Matt, or do you want me to give it a go? Uh, sure. I mean, I think, you know, if it's the right time of year, I think you get away with a little more hunting pressure. It depends what kind of pressure it is. I mean, if you're talking about, Hey, you might've busted one on the way into your timber set, you know, at, you know, at five 30 or quarter to six in the morning, that's one kind of pressure. But if you got, you know, guys, you know, walking all through your property or say your farmers in there, you know, messing with fence rows or whatever, it just, I, that's not ideal. I mean, I, I don't care if it's a great moon and, and the weather, the temperature's right. And it's the fifth through the 10th or whatever the case may be. I, I mean, the, the less amount of intrusion that you can get, the better. Uh, but I do think you can get away with a little more right now than you, than you typically, typically can. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And I think you're right about this is that time of year that you can get a little, get away with a little bit more. Um, you can maybe afford to make a mistake and still recover from it. Um, but you know, in general, I do think that pressure trumps all as far as, you know, how it factors influence deer movement. So to his question, even with a great moon, even with the great temperatures, all those things are great. If you've got too much hunting pressure and you've educated those deer, doesn't matter. You're just not, especially with a mature buck, you're just not going to see that movement or not as much at least. Um, so at least the way I think about things is do everything you possibly can to reduce human hunting pressure on those deer and then you can use factors like the moon or weather or whatever it is to properly time your hunts and that kind of goes back into that whole idea of hunting pressure so a great way to manage your own hunting pressure is to be selective about when you hunt and we talk about this a lot and, and your dad and mark drury talk about it a lot too it's you know making sure that you're picking the right times to go to certain places so you know you don't want to go to your best stand all of October or every time you go out and hunt you want to wait for the right time of year and you want to wait for the right conditions present so when you do go in there so when you do make that impact which you will in some way make an impact when you go in at least you're going in there on a day when you have the best possible chances um, so you know that's that's something you definitely need to factor in you got to look at your impact on the deer herd you also need to think about what your neighbors might be doing and how that might be impacting deer um, and think about how that hunting pressure around you influences deer movement influences what you may or may not see um 
I don't know, and, and it might be different too, depending on where you hunt. You know, like you said, there's different kinds of pressure, and there's different relative amounts of pressure. Um, so, you know, hunting pressure on a 500-acre farm in Iowa that is surrounded by, you know, maybe two other thousand-acre farms that each have like two guys hunting it. That's going to be very different than a 40-acre piece in Pennsylvania or something that has three guys on it, and then there's couple 20s surrounding it they've got four or five guys on it and so you've got 16 guys and 80 acres um and that's like that's a reality in a lot of places that's what it's like here in southern michigan for me too so that relative amount and like the intensity of that pressure can really impact things as well so if that's the case where you're at you need to try to find those little tiny pockets where they're retreating to or you need to take everything that we just talked about and kind of ramp up the volume the intensity of how careful you are about your own pressure ramp that up even more um, that's kind of what I have to do here in Michigan. I have to be obsessively careful. I think even more than, than some people, um, like I didn't hunt at all on one of my main properties for 26 days because I simply needed those couple hunts when I, when I thought conditions would be right to be as good as possible. I just didn't want to risk it because, you know, when you make one mistake, you could be out of the ball game. And, um, and, you know, that might be what's happening, you know, in my case, we talked about it earlier, um, you know, how Holyfield hasn't showed up since the 24th. Well, that could be because I made a mistake. That could be because I went in there on the 24th and I found out the winds were swirling and maybe he winded me before I got out of there. Or maybe when I went in there to hunt that ground blind, uh, but I got, you know, infested with bees, I'd bust out of there. Maybe when I snuck to the other stand, that wind was not 100% right. That was kind of like a 95% wind. Maybe he was in that 5% area and he winded me. Maybe I did make one of those mistakes that you just can't afford to make in a heavily hunted area. Um, and now I, maybe I'm paying the price for that, or maybe it just hasn't worked out yet. We'll see. Um, but those are things you got to keep in mind, I think. Yeah, I, to your point a minute ago, I, you know, the today is a perfect example it's october 31st and it's the first time all year i've went into my what i consider to be my best set and the conditions are perfect for it i mean the pressure literally you couldn't have got winded this morning if you tried i mean the the way the thermals were rising you know clear crisp blue morning uh you know everything was i kept scent checking it it kept going straight up straight up and we were even still running you know infield ozone generators and you know, all that good stuff, but we waited and I'm sure we, you know, I'm sure we still, you still, we got to go through probably 70 yards of timber, you know, before we get to our set there. And I even sprayed some nose jammer on both mine and my camera guys boots on the bottom of the boots. And, you know, we talked about this last year. Once I got in there, I actually sprayed some nose jammer just kind of around the tree on the downwind side which I've never really done that before, but I wanted to give that a try this year based on our conversations last year. But I'm just trying to minimize what I feel like, because typically they're cruising up and down this, this timber flat and, uh, you know, looking for, you know, available does, but today they really weren't, I don't know what, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, we were in here last night, not far from that set. And maybe, you know, something busted us on the way in or the way out and it screwed up this morning. I don't know. But um, it you can second guess yourself all you want. If yeah. the conditions are right, I think you got to take the risks this time of year, which that's di- it's kind of different. It depends what he's asking specifically. If he means pressure like what you're talking about from neighbors and and all that stuff, that's you know, you can't really dictate that. 
But if you're talking about pressure that you're putting in or, or maybe you're on a farm with a lease partner or whatever, you can control that the best, you know, the best of your ability and just wait for the best times to go into these spots. And that's what we're doing. You know, I'm going to get more and more aggressive as the next few days kind of start unfolding. And then you're going to see us if the temperature and the wind and the pressure is right, like the sixth through the 10th. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate to sit the same spot, you know, a couple mornings in a row, just knowing how good it is and, and knowing, you know, if those conditions are right, we typically don't get busted. So, um, now that being said, this farm is not great once the Missouri gun season starts. So I kind of also know that this may be one of my last opportunities to, you know, to kill something in the next 10 day window. So, um, you know, that, that's just kind of my theory on this farm. I think it's probably very, very farm dependent on, on what your situation is. Yeah. You definitely need to look at those different things coming down the line in the calendar and, and, and understand when your opportunities are going to be. So like you said, with gun season coming for a lot of guys, if you're just a bow hunter, or if you know that your farm doesn't do well during the gun season, if you're not hunting there for some reason, you got to take advantage of your conditions. Now, whatever they might be, especially this time of year to get in there and make it happen. So I don't know. I think when we're talking about factors that influence deer movement, um, to his question, I think the way I would rank them, and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Um, because I know that your dad and Mark have lots and lots of thoughts and opinions on this. And I'm I'm wondering how that's influenced your thoughts, but I, I think probably first and foremost, hunting pressure trumps all. So I think the number one factor is hunting pressure. If there's no hunting pressure, then you can look at the rest of these, you know, unfiltered. But if you do have hunting pressure, that's going to kind of move all these other factors on like a sliding scale up and down. Um, I think after that, for me, it's temperature, um, like a cold front, a relative change in temperature. And then, and then I think I'm still trying to understand it as well as you guys do, but that barometric pressure definitely does seem to be something that there's a correlation to. And then maybe wind speed after that maybe can be an influencing factor. Um, I still don't know about the moon. That's something I'm still paying attention to. Just like, you know, I know that, um, Mark and Terry talk about that all the time. I'm still trying to see in my own personal experiences, how it's matching up. I'm intrigued with it. Um, I can tell you one thing last week was supposed to be a red moon, uh, which is some guys talk about this. That's like when the, when the moon's overhead or underfoot. Um, mm-hmm. and I sure didn't see some kind of amazing activity lined up with that time frame. but to our earlier discussion, there's so many other factors that can change that. Um, so I don't know, is that ranking similar to what you would, how you would put it to Matt? I, I think so. I mean, weather to us, weather always trumps moon. Now, that being said, I mean, we're getting into a period here. I think the full moon's the fourth. And we're like right now, these five days, you know, five, seven days that we're leading into that full moon, evening hunts should have been really spectacular, especially through that cold front. Um, and then I think, you know, that five days preceding the full moon, those mornings are going to be – now, the morning should be great. That's if you have good weather. And I we're supposed to have some really good weather, like – sixth seventh eighth ninth somewhere in there and it's supposed to get real cool and i think the mornings are gonna i think they're gonna be off the charts next week now all that being said i think to to put to your point to rank them um i think that temperature drop you know from your average temperature for that time of year so if it's a couple degrees or five ten degrees lower than that average temperature for that time of year 
uh, I think, you know, I think you got to be out in a stand no matter what. Um, cloud cover definitely affects them. I think cloud cover personally, like I feel like cloud cover is one of the biggest influences there is because <laughs> anytime I'm, I've ever been out and it's been super cloudy or there's like a low cloud shelf, it just seems to suppress movement every time. And as soon as the clouds break up and the sun pops out, that's when usually you start seeing the deer pop out. Now, a lot of times that kind of correlates with the wind uh, speed as well. You know, if it's if it's windy, you know, they seem to be real goosey. We like to see like a seven, to, uh, seven to 12 mile an hour wind. If it's below that, below five, they seem to be goosey. It's like an eerily quiet, you know, type of a, mm-hmm. of a, you know, situation. And then if it gets up to like 15 to 20, they seem to be like they're looking over their shoulder nonstop at every time a week, uh, you know, a leaf blows or whatever. So wind's definitely a big factor. Uh, but you were mentioning barometric pressure. I think anytime you have those big temperature dr- uh, drops or, or changes, a lot of times you see um, some sort of correlation with the barometric pressure. Mark and dad always say like anything above like 29, 29.95, once you start getting up to that 30 area and like this morning we were at like 30.25, I think. I mean, that's pretty high and that changes depending on the time of year, like late season, you know, 30.3 that, you know, isn't, isn't unheard of, you know, but this time of year, if you got a 30.3, 30.4, I mean, that, that means that most likely it's a really, really crisp uh, day and it's going to be really, really sunny and you should see a lot of deer up on their feet, especially in the morning. So, um, this time of year. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would say that barometric pressure, Mark and dad look at it as much as they look at temperature. Like those would probably be top two temperature, barometric pressure, um, wind speed, cloud cover that then the moon phase, like they don't, I mean, it definitely can accentuate, uh, accentuate what's happening that time of year, but I don't think moon phase for them isn't like a total determining factor. Yeah. It definitely can, can help um, highlight a certain time of year though. Well, I certainly hope that whatever factors out there that could help us, I hope they certainly do because, uh, it is that time of year that we pin all of our hopes and dreams on. And, uh, I know you and I both have got, uh, have got some, some high hopes for these coming days. So I'm thinking maybe we should wrap it up and, uh, let you, uh, get back to the kids and, I'm going to try to get out there and find some way to put together a good hunt and a good story. I hope you have, are you going to have uh, what type of evening weatherwise do you have there? So it's, it's been super windy the last day and a half. It was like 30 mile an hour winds yesterday and this morning, probably 15, 16, 17 miles an hour. But by this evening's hunt, that's going to be dropping down to like 10, nine, eight. And it's going to be like a high, probably those last few hours of the night it's going to be like 36 degrees 37 degrees so cold the wind finally dying down um i think it's gonna be a good night so i'm sitting uh sitting a little uh what is it it's oats and brassicas a little food plot tucked in tight kind of in between two bedding areas um i haven't hunted this stand yet this year so it could be good nice well i hope you kill uh holy field tonight buddy Thank you. I hope so too. So 
Let's plan on uh, checking back in soon. And until then, our quick updates for our listeners would be, if you've got a question of your own that you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, you can do that by going to wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild. And then if you want to be able to get the audio version of this podcast on your phone or wherever you listen to podcasts, just make sure you subscribe on your podcast app of choice. So that could be the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. And uh, if you want to follow along with my hunt for Holyfield and the different things that I've got going on, you can see all that on wiredhunt.com or the various social media uh, channels that you like to check out. Wired Hunt is on all of them. All right. If you want to watch this podcast that you're listening to, if you are listening and not watching, uh, if you want to watch it, head over to the Jury Outdoors YouTube channel. And all the podcasts that we've ever done are up there uh, under the 100% Wild podcast section. And we have a lot of cool stuff going on uh, right now over on YouTube. We're doing a free uh, bow giveaway at PSE. If you're wanting to subscribe to our channel, you're automatically entered in. So that's pretty cool. We're trying to reach 100,000 subscribers. And uh, right now we're pumping out a new um, DOD TV episode like every single day, whether it's natural, brand new episodes of Natural Born or the podcasts or um, I think today, uh, when we're filming this Halloween, I think we're throwing up like a throwback edition of like Halloween hunts, some of the best Halloween highlights, uh, cause it's always been a good day in Drury Outdoors history. So anyways, uh, if you want to follow along to everything we're doing, the whole Drury Outdoors team at www.dreyoutdoors.com and you can follow us at Drury Outdoors on all the social channels. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. We appreciate it.